Welcome to the Adaptable Podcast. We're your hosts, Morgan, Anna, Claire, a group of physical therapists and student physical therapists who are dedicated to building a community and breaking down barriers for individuals with disabilities and chronic illnesses who are or want to become a part of our profession. Join us as we embark on this journey and get to know some incredible individuals along the way. All right, well, welcome back to another episode of the Adaptable Podcast. Today, it's Morgan and Claire, and we're talking about motivation, which was brought up to us in an Instagram message as something that a lot of you guys are looking to get some advice on, kind of how we've stayed motivated, especially during COVID and really just school in general, and how like our clinical experiences and treating patients has kind of led to more motivation to improve our learning. And so Claire, would you like to start us off with kind of going through how you liked to study during school and what motivated you to do that? (laughs) Well, let me just say, Trying to find the motivation to study sometimes is felt almost impossible. There were, especially for us, we had test weeks. And so especially on those weeks, you're just like, oh, please don't make me study anymore. Please don't. And I would say with that, my motivation came a lot from my support group. So my people that I would study with a lot, um, we would try to find ways to make studying more enjoyable or fun, um, quiz each other. We did a lot of that to kind of, you know, help each other find a different way to study that wasn't quite as boring as just reading through your textbook or notes. Um, And also just finding like, almost like (laughs) short-term goal rewards. So we would sit down and study for like, oh, an hour. And then we'd say, okay, we're gonna get up and we're gonna go do something like make a batch of brownies to eat or um, go for a walk. So in terms of like just studying for tests and stuff, um, that was kind of some of the things that I used. And then also a lot of my motivation came um, from like my time in the clinic. And I'm sure you can touch on that more, Morgan, since you're like in your clinical rotations right now. So how has being in that affected your motivation? Yeah, so especially right now, you know, coming up on boards and, you know, really just boards, honestly, but I am having trouble, like, figuring out what I want to study because the board exam covers so much content, and I've taken two practice exams, and they keep telling me that I'm fine with musculoskeletal content, but I feel like that is what I struggle with the most in clinic, which like doesn't make sense why I keep doing well on the test questions. But then like in clinic, my instructor will like put me on the spot and be like, so what nerve innervates this muscle that we're treating? And I'll be like, uh, and I'm like looking at the patient and they're like, uh, (laughs) so we're just sitting there like staring at each other. Like, I swear I know things. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not incompetent, but I 
also like have no idea what nerve innervates this muscle (laughs) but my clinical instructor has been super like good about choosing which patients he does it in front of because there's some people that if I like didn't know something they would immediately be like okay I'm not comfortable with her being like anywhere near us um but a lot of the patients that he does it with are people that like are interested in learning too and so you know we we joked about that one pretty hard and he was like well let me just google it to make sure I know it too and so kind of like in clinic experiences have guided what I'm studying, especially for the board exam, because I have found that, you know, some of the MSK content I can remember and answer questions about pretty easily, but then there's like a bunch of not like detailed questions, but like more specific anatomy that I struggle with. And so on the board exam, it won't ask like, you know, specific anatomy questions, but you have to know it really well in order to answer the application question. And so I'm really liking that my CI is pushing me to understand that stuff on a more detailed level so that in clinic, I can see how it directly applies. Because if someone has something wrong in their foot, but it's coming from a nerve in their back. Like I have to know the relationship of like what nerve innervates the muscle that we're talking about. And so, yeah, that's a really nitpicky question, but it's very clinically relevant. And so finding the clinical relevance of these topics um, just during my rotations has been a big motivating factor in nailing down those like specific nagging things that I very much just like ignored during school because, you know, you can pass the exam without knowing that. And so, you know, I've, I've gotten good grades the whole time, but have I actually absorbed anything? Um, Probably, but also I don't know what nerve innervates this muscle. (laughs) So I'm having to like go back, but I feel like having gone through it the first time and like, you know, not really retaining it, but now being more focused and not just like sitting down with chapters and chapters of content and trying to absorb it all, but having like specific things that I am searching for and trying to remember and then also understand and apply to like real life clinic situations is helping me integrate that knowledge and helping me integrate other knowledge too. Like going forward with studying, I feel like I'm way better on track now because I have figured out like, everything's literally connected. I know they say that all the time in school, but like everything's connected. And so once I figured that out, I actually really like studying because I feel like I can go into clinic and like impress my clinical instructor, which is really hard to do, but it feels good when it happens, you know, on the rare occasions that it does. Um, And then my patients are always super interested in it too, because they're like, oh, you're getting like a doctorate level education and I can show off these random facts about the human body that like no one cares about, but they think it's super cool. And it helps me relate to my patients better because if I'm better able to explain their pathology and what's going on, then they have better buy-in to like what I'm doing, especially as a student. Like that's super important because I've had some patients that are like, oh, you're a student. Like, are you a freshman? And I'm like, no, this is like my seventh year of college. (laughs) I'm getting a doctorate degree. Like, I know I look 18, but I promise I'm 24 and about to have a doctorate. So, 
let's just move on. But then other <laughs> patients, like if I, if I can get them to like believe what I'm saying and have it make sense to them, then they're like automatically like, oh my gosh, that's so cool that you're learning that. Like, you know, teach me more. And they'll be like more engaged in their sessions. And I feel like understanding what's going on, especially as a patient as well. I've had this experience where if I feel like the doctor explains it on a level that makes me understand it as the patient, I'm more trusting of that doctor a hundred percent. So that's been really cool to see as a provider now. Definitely. I know I see that like even in the clinic now, like I'm not a student anymore. I'm actually out trying to figure out how to be a big girl PT. And that's, been my big motivation is like interactions with patients where, you know, a patient comes in and, you know, okay, well, I know how to get a basic treatment plan going and I know how to get them started, but then maybe we get two weeks in and all of a sudden I'm seeing something and I'm like, well, that's not normal. Or, well, wait a minute, I didn't see that before, but now that we've worked on this, this is really sticking out. What do I need to, how do I need to change my plan? moving forward or you know maybe I have somebody come in who has a condition that I've never heard about and I'm like ooh, how does that play into you know their prognosis or their recovery or how does that change how I need to approach their treatment with just exercises and so I catch myself like writing down like even on a sticky note throughout the day like hey you need to read up on this or this or this And then in the evenings, whenever I have time at home, I'll start looking those things up and kind of trying to figure out, okay, what do I need to go, what do I need to do from here? Where do I need to head with this patient? Um, You know, how do I need to stop it from becoming like stagnant? Because maybe they aren't progressing how they should be. Um, And it all comes from like patient interaction. So, you know, I had uh, my last clinical instructor He was very much like, hey, you need to go and do all of this, like reading and studying. I mean, he would give me articles and, I mean, homework assignments, um, all sorts of different stuff to work on. And he was like, there were times when I would get frustrated in my last clinical because I was like, I should know this and I don't know it. And I don't like that I don't know it. And it's so frustrating because you're like, I know it's in there somewhere and I just cannot pull it out of my head right now. And he was like, use that, use that frustration as motivation. He's like, because you do know it. You just have to, you know, keep working at it, keep drilling it, keep moving forward. Don't ever let like your inability to figure something out in the moment, stop you from moving forward and continuing to learn. So it's been really cool to see how I'm like watching that from when I was in the, was in the clinic that time. And getting so frustrated with things now and taking that lesson and then turning it into um, motivation now that I'm actually out and practicing. So use the frustration now. It'll help motivate you as you go on. Yeah, that is so true. Like I, I didn't even think about it that way, but I find myself getting so frustrated because my CI is like, come, come with questions prepared for me, like really use me as your resource. And I'm sitting here like, why do I not have any questions? I don't even know what I don't know. How am I supposed to ask a question? And so I think I'm finally starting to figure out that like, he is there as that resource. And so I should be using it. 
I am just so frustrated because I, 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 like I said, I don't know what I don't know. And so, (laughs) especially with like imposter syndrome, man, that is something that I have struggled with so much. Like even from day one of PT school, like I, I don't, I feel like I don't know what I'm doing and it's been three years of school and I still feel like I don't know anything, but like coming into this clinical experience and my CI pushing me to like, you know, treat patients, eval patients, like especially these like medically complex patients that come in because I've had experience treating them in the past. But I think because I'm at the end of my time as a student and it's like getting more real, I'm terrified of like having these patients come in and I'm like, well, what if I like don't screen for this or like, what if I don't catch this big red flag and like they die? But like my CI said, it's really hard to kill a patient, (laughs) which has stuck (laughs) with me. So it doesn't matter how bad I mess up in the eval or the treatment, as long as the patient doesn't die and they don't like, you know, go into this big, huge pain flare up, like what I did was not bad. It just might not have been the best thing to do. And so taking those experiences too as like, okay, I missed these five things that I wanted to do. So then, like you said, keeping a sticky note, I like to do it in my phone. Mm-hmm. Um, I just keep a list of things like, you know, with neuro patients, I need to like get better at checking reflexes or um, doing some sort of like balance screen. So I'll like keep notes of like stuff that I want to review so that I don't get in the clinic and look like an idiot for a second time. <laughs> first time is okay. First time means I'm learning. As long as you learn from the first time and you don't do it a second time, that means that everything is okay. <laughs> yes <laughs> biggest motivation is not looking like an idiot twice <laughs> <laughs> I feel that I feel that <laughs> oh man and you yes. know what it's one of those things that you know you make mistakes as a student and you're like man I'm gonna get better before I'm out in practice let me tell you that's the one thing I think about you know, careers like ours where it's like, it's always, you're always having to learn. You're always having to, things are always changing. You're always learning new methods. You're always learning. Like you're always going to learn. You're always going to be making mistakes. And well, when we realize, Hey, life, we make mistakes, you know, we're going to learn new lessons as we go on. You know, it's okay. As long as you're willing to take what you learned and use it moving forward. Absolutely. Well, uh, I think we've kind of hit all the highlights. I mean, you know, use, use those frustrations when you don't understand things. Use your buddy system, use your support system. All of those can help you with motivation in school, when you get out in the clinic, and once you graduate, and you're practicing outside in the real big world. So here's to finding some motivation this week, and we will see you guys next time. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of The Adaptable Podcast. If you liked today's episode and want to learn more or be a part of the conversation, 
You can check us out on our Instagram or Facebook group linked in the description below. You can also contact us via email at theadaptablepodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to chat with you. Thanks for tuning in and we look forward to hanging out with you next week.